want to talk to you this morning. Again, uh, this is a continuation. So if you miss any week, you got to go to the podcast and get caught up. Last week, we talked about Caleb, right? Remember how 12 spies went into the promised land? 10 came back with a negative report. Two was like, we got this. Why? Because God is with us, right? That's what faith says, right? Faith says, we got this. Fear says, oh, no about this. Oh, have you checked the weather lately? You know, <laughs> you know, faith says, no, 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 no. We're going to go out there. We're going to conquer this. There's giants, but giants are meant to be defeated in Jesus' name. Uh, so I want to continue in this, in, this, in this vein. I want to talk to you today about actually crossing over. Right? Because it's, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to actually do it. It's another thing to be on the other side of this thing. And I want to look at Joshua today. We look at Caleb. Joshua was the other guy that came with a good report. And Joshua became the leader because Moses dies and, and, and he was pretty much uh, Moses' right-hand man. And God says, you're going to take him to the promised land, Joshua. And I love that about Joshua because Joshua hung by Moses' side for many years. Right? There's nothing like having loyalty with people that are with you. You know what I mean? It's one thing for people to be with you in a success, but it's another thing for people to be with you when things are not going well. Joshua was this kind of people. Like, he hung by Moses. Even when people turn on Moses, Joshua's like, no, that's my boy. Like, I'm sticking with the man of God. Do I have any loyal people in the house? So God honored Joshua by saying, like, you're going to take him to the promised land. By this time, the Israelites were, were about a million people. Can you imagine trying to lead a million people? It's hard enough to lead three people, right? Like today, after, if you have more than one kid, like just trying to figure out what you're going to eat, it's a problem. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has a say, no, I want this, I want that. Can you imagine a million people? That's a serious undertake. You know, you need God for that. You know what I mean? Like you need God to govern your house, but you also need God to govern things that are bigger than yourself. Can you say amen? And so here they are in the, in the threshold of, of, of the promise, Something that, 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 remember, we've been going on a journey here. It started with Abraham. Remember that? Into Isaac, into Jacob. And now here they are on the threshold. They've been in this desert for 40 years. They've been camping here and there and trying to figure out where, when are we going to go into the promised land. And here they are right there on the cusp of greatness. And I want to call this message crossing over. Just that is a prophetic word in itself. Like crossing over. Tell your neighbor, it's about that time. It's about that time to cross over. Go to Joshua chapter 3. It's a prophetic word, I'm telling you. Joshua chapter 3. We're going to look at the first five verses in Joshua 3. Are you there? Now remember, we do this together, right? Preaching is a two-way street, right? Like, do you want to be preached to? Right? Like, you're going to have to want to receive God's word, right? It's just not going to fall in your lap. I'm not here to babysit you. I'm here to preach the word of God. You're here to say, come on, preach it, preacher, man. Bring it. Bring what you got. I'm ready. Amen. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River. Between them and the promised land is a river named Jordan where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out. Someone say, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do 
great wonders among you. Can you say amen? It's time to cross over, right? It's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to pray about it. But it's another thing to actually step over and go into the promises that God has for you. I'm talking to some people today. It's time to cross over. It's time to talk. Stop talking about it and stop being about it, about the things that God has for you this morning. It's time to cross over. Someone say, cross over. Cross over. I love God, and, and I love the Word, and I love studying it, and I love being able to see the heart of God, that everything that God does, He does through a certain structure and order. The Bible says that God is a God of order, right? Right from the beginning in Genesis, it shows you that God is meticulous about His work, and He takes His time, and He's not rushing anything. Why? Because you can't rush perfection. Right? You, can't, you can't rush things that are going to last for eternity. And so God takes his time to create the earth. Each time he created something, he said, this is good. Right? And he kept creating until he got to us and he says, this is actually very good. Like, that's how much God loves you. He says, Man, out of everything I've created, there's nothing like you. Right? That's awesome that God loves you that much. Have you seen a sunset? Right? It's beautiful. Have you seen the moon when in, on, on all its radiance? It's incredible. God created all that. But it's like, when I created you, I was like, that's very good. Come on, you ought to thank God that he loves you that much. <laughs> like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but there's a structure. There's an order to things that God does. Right? God does not work in chaos. Right? God does not work in disorder. Right? God does not work in disunity. There's a certain structure of things. Like, God is big on unity. Right? Himself. He's a, he's a unity himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like, the Father consults with the, with the Son. The Son consults with the Spirit and vice versa. Like, they all work together. It's one entity. There's nothing like flowing in the will of God when you're under his instructions. When you're under his guidance. When you're under his provision. When you're under his precepts. And the Bible says he gives you precepts upon precepts. Like, he keeps adding things to your life if you allow it to be the way you want to live your life. So, in order to cross over, they had to understand there's a process. In order for us to cross over, we have to understand, listen, I have to buy into God's process because God is a God of order. Can you say amen? amen. And so if you look at the scriptures carefully, Joshua says, listen, we are going to cross over, but here's the key thing. You got to purify yourselves. Why? Because God wants to know, are you truly mine? God wants to know, listen, I'm about to bring you to bigger and better things. I need to know we're on the same page here. Right? God is like the husband that's about to get married. He wants to know that his wife is going to be just his. Right? No husband in their right mind will marry someone that is in question. Am I the only one that you have reservations for, that you have devotion to, that you have passion to, that you have a commitment to? Come on, talk to me. God is looking for some people who are fully devoted to him. And I would present to you this morning that if you want to see the fullness of God's will in your life, it won't happen until you purify yourselves. It won't happen until God knows, I am, I, I'm completely yours. See, when it comes to this commitment, you don't have to question God's commitment towards you. It's already defined. Every time you look at a cross, that's God saying, I'm that committed to you. That I'm willing to give my son for you on your behalf. I'm willing to shed my blood. I'm willing to sacrifice the best thing that I have on your behalf. Like, I'm that committed to you. Like, you don't have to question God's commitment to you. Every time you're questioning God's commitment, just look at a cross and be reminded that God loves you that much. 
That's how much God loves you. God's commitment to you is never in question because the cross is a done deal. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how committed he is to you. In other words, he didn't wait for you to get to act together. He did it for you before you even realized that you needed him. That's crazy. That's serious commitment. Right? Before the foundations of the earth, you already knew, I'm going to send my son to die on behalf of those who will recognize that I'm the Lord. You know, salvation is free. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Salvation is completely free, but, but to see the fullness of God, it will cost you everything. Discipleship will cost you everything. Why? He said, if any man wants to come after me, he must first renounce himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Which means that's the process of purification. In other words, for purifying yourself is the word consecration. God wants to know, are you fully consecrated to me? When you exchange vows in a marriage, you're saying, I am fully devoted to you till death do us part. God is saying, I want to know that we have that kind of relationship because I'm all in. Yeah. Question is, are you all in yeah. with God? Because, see, a lot of times when you talk about purification and consecration, people automatically go into perfection. He didn't say perfection. He said purified. It's a difference there, right? He's not expecting you to be perfect. He's expecting you to be his. Right? When you marry someone, you don't expect them to be perfect. You just know that we're committed to this. Like we're in this thing together. God wants to know, like, if I bless you, would you be able to say, that was me? Right? When I open the doors, you would be able to give me glory, give you praise. Right? When, when 10 lepers got, got healed, only one came back. Jesus said, where's the other ones? Where's the other ones? You know how many people we prayed for, for God to open doors for them, and they're nowhere to be found now? And guess what? You will only go as far as your purification with God. Come on now. It's a good word. But if you want to see, because everybody talks like, I want to see miracles. I want to see breakthrough. I want to see more of God. Guess what? Purify yourselves because God will always do his side. God will always do his part. God is always faithful. Even when we are unfaithful, God cannot deny himself. He's always faithful to himself. Come on. You're ready to set yourself apart. That's what holiness means. Holiness means like, I'm set apart for you, Lord. I'm wholly, completely yours. Like, we don't have to go to a lab, put you in a micro library, and, and, and try to figure out, is there a little baby Jesus in your heart somewhere? No, no, when you're purified, when you're sanctified, it just comes out of you. It comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your eyes. It comes out of your heart. It comes out of everything that you do. Can we establish something this morning that following the Lord is not hard? It's only hard when you're not fully his. How many know that showing up early to serve is not hard if you know your heart is fully his? How many know that tithing is not hard when you know my, my everything? Listen, 10%, 100% belongs to him. Listen, 10% is a bargain compared to everything that he blesses me with. That ain't hard. That's not hard. That's a bargain. He gives you 100. He says, I just want to test your commitment to me. Give me 10. Come on, that's a deal. If you're a businessman, you're like, I'm in. <laughs> like, I'm in. What a great thing that we have set up here, right, to see the will of God. Yeah. Right? It's not hard. People talk about it. You know, it's easy to know if someone is fully the Lord's or not just by the way they talk. It's so hard. What's so hard? Yeah, come on. You know what's hard? Dying on the cross. 
for people who won't even appreciate you. Like giving your life away for the sake of those who don't know you. That's hard, people. Leaving the throne of grace to come to, to earth and, and be humiliated and be, and be made fun of and be spat on and be, be, be denied by people that you love. That's hard. We ought to thank God that Jesus did the hard part. He did the hard part. Come on, you ought to praise him if you know. Man, I'm so thankful that Jesus did the hard part. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for being that committed to us. So the least I can do is commit back. Right? The least I can do is offer myself back to him and say, Lord, have your way in me. And have your way through me. I want to see your greatness. I want to see your goodness. But it comes through knowing that I'm fully surrendered to you. Here's what I find in my 18 years of walking with the Lord. The more purified you are, the more you see him. The more consecrated you are, the more doors just happen to open to you. The more devoted to him you are, the more coincidences happen. And the less you are committed to him, the more things break around you. Just true story. See it all the time. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, the Bible says. So you got to ask yourself the question, how do I purify myself? How do I make sure I'm fully, wholly devoted to the Lord because I want to see his perfect will in me? Well, the Bible tells us how to do that. Let me start with Psalm 139. Look, the Bible tells you to do this. you got to take an analysis of your life. Look, the Bible says this. Go ahead. He says, look, search me, O God. What a great prayer. And know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's how you fully devote yourself to God. You are open with him. And you are honest with him. The Lord already knows everything. He's giving you a chance to get with him. Right? He's giving you a chance to reason with him. He says, though your sins are, 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 are just, just keeping you away from me, listen, I will wash over you. Right? The Lord is not afraid of our sins. The Lord is not afraid of our short commitments. You know, the Lord is not afraid of anything that you have to bring to him as long as you bring it to him. Right? As long as you bring it to him. The struggle of life is, am I going to carry my stuff or am I going to give it over? Right? If you see people in the spirit, they're carrying all kinds of stuff. That's why they're always, like, tired. It's like, man, why don't you drop that baggage up? Jesus said, come to me. All you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest for your soul. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Like, just come to me. How many know you don't have to carry that bitterness around? How many know you don't have to carry that lust around? How many know you don't have to carry that pride along? How many know you don't have to get stuck in the bank of Jordan River where you can be going to the promised land? How many know you can cross over? Like, you don't have to keep talking about where you are. You can talk about where you're going in Jesus' name. You just got to be open to the Lord and let him do the work within you. Anything that in me that offends you, lead me. Lead me. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Just like in a marriage, it's a relationship, right? It's not about do's and don'ts. I love my wife. Clearly, if I love my wife, there's some things I won't do. Not because I can't do it, because I don't want to. There's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to tell me to be loyal to my wife. That's my wife. I love her. Loyalty comes out of love, not obligation. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you love someone. This is why, this is why I don't understand when I hear people talk about, like, it's so hard to serve the Lord. Like, you, you love him or not? Are you in love? Because when you're in love, you do crazy things. 
And when you're not in love, you ain't doing jack. Right? It comes down to my relationship with him. That I love the Lord. And so I want everything that he has for me. Therefore, anything that comes against that, I want to, de- I want to confess it. I want to get rid of it. I don't want to justify it. That's the difference between someone's walking with the Lord and one's not. When you're walking with the Lord, you don't justify your sins. You confess them. You, when you're walking with the Lord, you don't, you don't try to defend things. You surrender. It's a big difference. Right? The Bible goes on to say this in Romans 12. I love It's my favorite scripture in all the Bible. Right? Look. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's awesome. That's God's will for you. It's an awesome thing. To walk with the Lord. You know, that's what it means to purify yourselves. Listen, once you understand what Christ has done for you, the only thing left is to give yourself back. There's nothing else. Right? You don't earn anything. You don't deserve anything. It's a gift. Right? That's why marriage is a beautiful thing in the right context. It's two people giving themselves away. Right? It's a mutual submission. It's a mutual desire. Christ already submitted himself to us. And he's saying, would you submit yourself to me so you can see the fullness of my will in your life. The only thing that was standing between them and the promise now was just consecration. The only thing that's standing between you and the promise of God is, are you fully his? Are you fully devoted to him? You know, once in a while I have people come up and say, Pastor, would you mentor me? I'm like, do you really want me to mentor you? <laughs> like, do you really mean that? Right? Like the other day, I had a, a buddy of mine, he's talking about like, Yo, I want to know some of the stuff oh, you do in the church. I'm like, do you really want to know though? Because, because I might put some fingers on some things you don't want me to put my finger on. Isn't that amazing, right? People be in church and say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God is awesome, yeah. And, and by the way, he wants you to be fully his. And then the story begins to change. What happened was, <laughs> the way my life is set up. But it's so hard, though, you don't understand. Come on, are you with me? Are we serious about seeing the will of God? Because if we're serious, he is. You know what I mean? And he's ready to open the floodgates of heaven on your behalf. Because when you purify yourself, God's like, I'm about to open doors. This is what's so cool about walking with the Lord. Listen, you can't make the Jordan River open. (laughs) You can't do it. Uh, open, just do it. I don't care how much you kick and scream, you cannot make a miracle happen. But you can position yourself for a miracle. When you purify yourself and you consecrate yourself and you say to the Lord, I'm yours, the Lord say, I want to open doors on your behalf. I will split open this Jordan River on your behalf for you to walk through. You want breakthrough? Purify yourself. Watch the Lord do the rest. They couldn't open this river. They're about to see the second greatest miracle they've seen. The Red Sea was done 40 years before, and now they're about to see the Jordan River being opened. The Lord is not done doing miracles. He's just looking for people who are fully consecrated to him to see the fullness of his will being done in their lives. Do I have anybody ready to see some things being done on your behalf? But he must be number one. It must be number one. Number, listen, by the way, it's so funny, right? Nowadays, you know, Twitter handle, everybody, God's number one. 
But it's like, yeah, but just by the fact that you said God's number one on your Twitter handle, but then I look at your tweets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody's got a cute Bible verse on their Facebook. Until you cross them, then they'll show you who is really number one. Come on now. Out of the abundance of the heart, you tweet. Right? Come on, talk to me. Right? We, you, you know when someone is fully consecrated to the Lord. Like, some people may not know everything about everything we do here, the songs, the Bible, all that, but they know when your life is set apart. People are not dumb. People know, like, man, you are you, something about you. Right? Something different about you. Why? Because the presence of God resides where the people of God are. The presence of God goes with you. So breakthrough comes. Breakthrough comes. Rivers open when you're fully consecrated to him. It's amazing when you are fully his, how many coincidences begin to happen. It's amazing how people will give you favor. It's amazing how you find yourself in places where you couldn't even imagine to be there. It's amazing how you make ends meet when you're putting the Lord first. It's incredible how God just continues to make a way where there seems to be no way. Why? He's faithful. He is faithful to those who are faithful to him. I'm telling you, consecrate yourself and ask for anything. That's my challenge to you. Consecrate yourself to God. Ask for anything. He said, ask for anything in my name and it shall be done. He's faithful to keep his word. If you keep your end of the bargain, God is faithful to make a way where there seems to be no way. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. David said, my cup overflows. Why? He's fully consecrated to the Lord. Can you say amen? Listen, you, listen, can I tell you something? Write this down. Obedience unlocks blessings. You don't have to fully understand it. Just obey it and you'll get the understanding on the other side of the river. Just trust God and see what he will take you if you just obey his word. He says, if you love me, obey me and watch what I will do. Consecrate yourself to the Lord and let the Lord do the rest. I'm telling you, people who are consecrated, chill. <laughs> they don't have to force anything. They don't have to fly off the handle. They don't have to be stressed. Anytime I'm stressed, I always go back to, why am I stressed? Because I'm striving on my own strength. Every time I find myself trying too hard, I know this is me trying to open the river. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's so, it's so, it puts you so much at ease when you know who's in control. I just do my part. I'm fully devoted to you, Lord, and you'll do your part because you're faithful. And you can't deny yourself. Can you say amen? amen. So, but, but there's a structure to the things that God does. There's an order to everything that he does. He says, consecrate yourself. And then he said, listen, now follow the instructions of how we're going to do this. The promise is right there. Right? You just follow this and watch what I will do. He said, follow the ark. The ark was the, was the symbol of God's presence in those days. Because they said, God, we don't see you. Give us something that we know you're with us. God says, I'll give you the Ark of the Covenant. My presence will be there. And so the, the Levitical priest will go before you, which, which is a beautiful picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Why? Because the Old Testament tells you that, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the old. This is all foreshadow what Jesus was about to do. Jesus is the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because he's God with us. In other words, you don't need an object. All you need is the Holy Spirit in you, going with you, on your way to the things that God has for you. 
So, if you remember, I told you the structure and everything. We started this series by talking about Jesus, the pioneer of your faith. That he's the one that goes before you. And here is a perfect illustration of what that means. Is that if you want breakthrough, you purify yourself. You let the will of God go before you. The presence of God goes before you. If you're wondering what's God's will, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Where's Jesus trying to lead you? Where's Jesus trying to take you? Because he's the presence of God. He's God with us in this victory in him. See, when we sing, it's not just beautiful songs like resurrected power. No, we're singing the victory that is rightfully yours. Like, that's how you claim the will of God over your life. Oh, that's a nice song. Well, it's a nice song, but you better claim it over your life. You better declare that over the things you want to see victory over you because it's not acceptable to sing a cute song and live in defeat. That's not God's will for you. God's will for you is to sing it and declare it and take possession of it and say, I have victory in the name of Jesus. Victory is mine. He said, follow behind and you will see miracles. In other words, put Jesus first and you will see the will of God. See, too many people are putting themselves first and then go, Jesus, bless me. And they wonder why their life's not blessed. And then they get mad at us. You said this. Yeah, I did. Did you purify yourself? <laughs> okay, no amens there. Okay. What? Follow behind. There's an order to everything Jesus does. He said, he said, Joshua, if you keep reading, go home and read the rest. He said, today I'm going to show them that I picked you as the leader of this thing. That's the next verse over. Why? He's saying, like, in everything God does, there's leadership. Now, now, hear me now. Everything God does is structure. God says, our home, there's a structure. There's a mom and a dad. I want structure in the house. I want structure in, 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 in government. I want structure in public facilities. And then I want structure in my house, too. Come on, you following? Right? There's leadership. Right? I'm not Jesus, but he put me in this position to lead. Right? And Paul says, follow me as I'm following Christ. Right? The first person that I preach to every single week is myself. Right? Because I want to be able to have the mental to say, listen, we're going somewhere here. Let's follow behind the leader. Jesus is the leader, but he put me in charge of this thing to lead it at the same time. And so let's follow the leader as we follow the leader. No, no, this is, this is going to cut. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, a lot of times people don't see the will of God because they don't have any leadership structure over them. Just because you go to a building doesn't mean you're under leadership. It's the will of God. I didn't come up with this. Right? I didn't come up with this. Young people, you know what he said? He said, honor your mom and dad so your days on earth might be prolonged. He says, Get under the umbrella of leadership at home and watch me bless your life. You know how many kids have lost their way because they got under the umbrella of God? So, so everything that God says is to bless you. That's, the, that's what's crazy when people make it about, oh, it's do's and don'ts. It's not do's and don'ts. It's principles that will bless your life. It will bless you. Right? So, so here they are, ready to cross over to something they've been waiting for centuries Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the entire nation of Israel. Started with 12 people, now they're about a million. What a journey, right, to get to this point. If you think about it, we're on a journey too, right? Our journey is about a little bit over three years. 
right? That we came here. I told you the story last week. Came here by faith and believing and trusting that God sent us here to birth something that will be a blessing to many, right? From, from, from a couple of people, we begin to grow, right? And now we've gotten to a point now that there's, we, we told you last week that, that the first Sunday, we were celebrating that 78 people showed up. And we thought, what a victory. We didn't know who was going to show up. Right? By faith we came. By faith we set up. By faith we sang. Right? And I was looking at a picture this week, and I kid you not, it was, it was this many people up to here. Not sides. You couldn't look at the sides. That's depressing. Never mind the balcony. It was this many people. Now look around you three years later. This is second service. We have more people serving than we had the first full service of church. Just our ministry teams. We have 200 people in our ministry teams. Just our kids' ministries of church. We average about 200 kids every single week. A journey. In three years, I was thinking about it this week. You know how many places we've been to do church in three years? We're like them, camping here and there. We started with one trailer, now we have two. And even now, they're like, the trailer's heavy again. I'm like, come on. We got to get a third trailer. <laughs> we've been to Keith Middle School. We've been to New Bedford High School. We've been to Roosevelt Middle School. We've been to Normandian High School, uh, Middle School. We've been to Vogue Tech High School. We've been to, been to Fall River because one day it's snow. We couldn't have church here. We went all the way to Fall River to have church. We've been to Dartmouth CFC. We've been to New Bedford CFC. You know, we, we do breakfast at this place called Wamsetta Club because we don't have our own place. We do a her season at a different place because we don't have, like, you know how many places we've been? But you know what's fascinating? Every time we've been somewhere and we put the Lord first, the Lord keeps blessing it. The Lord keeps blessing it. The Lord keeps blessing it. He keeps making a way where there's, like, naturally speaking, it makes no sense for this church to grow with no building and no, and no steady place to grow. It makes absolutely no sense. This is an anomaly. I hope you know you are in the middle of a miracle happening in front of you. So now we come to the threshold and we look beyond the Jordan River. What do we see? What do we see? I'll tell you what we see. Can, I, can you show them what we see? We see the promised land. We got our own place. We just bought our own place. Someone give God some praise in this place. He's so good. We're going home. We're going home. Take 30 seconds and give God a praise in this house. He's so good. Someone ought to lose their mind in this place. We serve a mighty God, a good God. Someone say yes. Hey. 
This is for real. We've been, we've been negotiating for a few weeks, and we got a verbal agreement. This place is ours in Jesus' name. Right off Route 18, right off the highway, something we prayed about, we said, God, we want to make sure we're in some place that you don't have to take five lefts and, a, and ten rights to get there. We want to make sure it's in a prominent location with plenty of parking. There's parking all the way around this thing. And then when you go inside, it's wide open. It's 25,000 square foot to do whatever we want to do in that place. It's big enough to have a sanctuary as big as this place right here. It's big enough to have all the kids' classrooms that we want to have. All our kids will be in their classrooms according to their age. It's big enough to have church offices. And then, and then what blew my mind when God does these things is that we were praying. We said, God, it would be great to have a place with the garage door because we want to have a food pantry to help people and we can back up a truck and be able to get all the food in there. And then I drove to the back of this building. Watch the back of this building. Watch this. There's, there's three garage doors in the back of the building. One, two, three. Not one, not two, but three garage doors in the back of the building where every single week we can serve the people of this city in a tangible way. Don't tell me God is not faithful. God is not good. God is not with us. And I don't have time to tell you all the story, but you know the owner of this building, when we were talking, by the way, I want to give a shout out to our realtor, Josue Rodriguez, for, for working it and working it. First time we went to go look at the place, and we walked in, and we began to go look around, and we're talking, and, 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 and we were asked, who owns this place? And they told us the name of the, the, the person. We both looked at each other like, he's been to our church. He knows who we are. He, he's going to help us. And guess what? He's given us a great deal to be able to say yes to this thing. Divine appointments. Many months ago, he came here. I saw him. I saw him lift a hand and say, Jesus, come into my life. And now he's like, I know what you guys are doing. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to make a way. God will make a way. God will make a way. Write this date down. This is a historical day in the life of our church. Three years later, God says, I'm done bringing you guys around. I've seen you've been faithful. I've seen you've been committed. I'm about to open up the doors of heaven on your behalf. And we got a lot of work to do. The fun begins now. Because guess what? New life, what we do is every time we get a building, we all do it together. We don't believe in hiring out. We only hire out when we're stuck. Because we believe this, that in this place right now, we have everybody that we need to do their part to build this thing. 
So we're going to go step by step because we got a lot going on. We still have another giant to slay, the Easter Dunk, Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts Center. We're going to kill that first and come back and kill this giant right here. So the first order of business today that I need, that we all need is we need to know how many, this is the first order, okay, professionals we have in our house as far as construction goes. How many people are highly skilled in these areas? If that's you, Wadley is going to be taking your name today, all right? We have these, these sign-up sheets, but this is today is just, this is, this is step one. The rest of us, like me, we'll, go, we'll, we'll come later, okay? But look, here's what we need for today, look. So listen up. If this is you, we need you. If you have experience in framing, sheetrock, HVAC, painting, but professionally painting, because all of us think we're painters. Um, architect, carpentry, flooring, plumbing, hardware, tape and compounding, and electrical. If that's you, make sure you see Wally. Wally, come over here for a second so he can see you. Stop by. Wally's going to be at the door taking your name so we can start making a plan. Once we get Easter out of the way, we're going to concentrate fully on this thing. We got a lot of work to do. But guess what? If we go hard in three to four months, we'll be in our home. In three to four months, we'll be in our home. And I believe all of you will play a role in this thing. Because there's nothing more powerful than saying, that's my house. I built it. I helped build it. I was there when we did this thing together. Are we all in together with what God is doing? Come on, let's celebrate the presence of God. We got to celebrate today. Come on, get out of your seats. Put your hands together.